1: It's time to Accelerate. Hey, friends, this is Andy. Welcome to Episode 644-644 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record. And since it's Friday, it's time for another episode of Frontline Friday with my very special co-host, Bridget Leeson. Now, today, Bridget and I are going to talk about values, personal values. The personal values that the great sales professionals possess that enable them to connect and engage and inspire another human being. and Like I did last week, I'm unveiling a new acronym to help you remember these these core values. Remember last week it was GEAR, as in to gear up your sales mindset. Well, this week it's HERO, H-E-R-O, as in Be a Sales Hero. So if you want to find out what the H and the E and the R and the O stand for, then make sure you stick around. Bridget and I are going to dive into these just for you. If you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, go to andypaul.com forward slash 644. As always, we provide a breakdown of this and all conversations you hear on Accelerate. Now, I've been mentoring and training sales professionals for years, and as I've said, one of the most important elements, I believe, to career success is make sure you align yourself with a company that values their customers and has a portfolio of products that can compete with anyone. And that's why if you're a top performer in your current role, you're looking for a fresh challenge to take your career to the next level, then CenturyLink should be at the top of your list. Because with its recent acquisition of Level 3, the new CenturyLink is truly a world leader in providing cloud, security, real-time communications, hybrid IT, and managed services. So if you want the excitement, challenge, and rewards that come from selling industry-leading services to the enterprise, then visit CenturyLink.com forward slash Accelerate. That's CenturyLink.com forward slash accelerate and see if a career at CenturyLink is the right step for you. Okay. Let's get going with Frontline Friday. Hello. Welcome to Frontline Fridays. As always, I'm joined by my special friend and co-host, Bridget Gleason. Bridget, how fantastic are you today?
2: Super, 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 super fantastic.
1: Super, super, super fantastic. Okay. Super fantastic. All good. All right. Somebody count, somebody out there on. see how many times we say fantastic during the course of this interview. Uh, okay, so today, today, last time yes. we talked about uh, mindset. So today I want to talk about values. I've got another acronym I, I want people to, to learn, mm. and full of, full of acronyms. So, and they're easy devices for people to to memorize, remember things and, and memorize things. So, Daniel Kahneman and his book, Thinking Fast and Slow, talked about the research that says, showed how acronyms are so important in that regard. So, here's an acronym because we're going to talk about values in sales. Now, like companies talk about their sales values. Uh, yeah, they end up really talking about a mission statement. and. Yeah, that's great. I think that's important to have. Is you know, have a mission statement, you can call them your values. Reducing them to uh, an acronym, I think, is a great a great tool. Um, Eli Cohen, in his book Saleshood, talks about that. It's it's a great a great uh, thing to do. But here we're talking more about personal values because I I believe that. Excuse me. I had somebody on the show recently, um, author named, uh, a venture investor from Boston, also an author. Tony Chan wrote a book called uh, Good People. It's talking about you know the most important hiring decision you can make is to hire good people, not necessarily the most skilled people, most experienced people and so on. And excellent book. I recommend people read it or listen to the interview I did with with Tony and then go go buy the book. But it, it got me to think about if you know, we're talking about values, when we're talking about good people, we're talking about you know people reflecting the values and the character that they were were raised with. And so I started thinking, okay, from a sales perspective, what are what do I believe are the the core values that that salespeople need to have? And I, this is not meant to be comprehensive, but to me it's sort of four core values. And so I reduced it to an acronym. I have an expression I use called be a hero, and these are what I call hero values for sales, H-E-R-O. And the H sort of aligns with what we talked about in our previous episode about the, the giving mindset, but slightly different. H is for you, know, you need to be helpful. right? You need the value of being helpful to people. Because that, that is our job as salespeople. The E is be empathetic. The R is to be mm-hmm. responsive. And the O is to be open-minded. And I thought we'd go through those quickly here when we have the chance here on the show. So, you know, being helpful... As I mentioned last week and last week's episode, you know I think sales is first and foremost a service profession. But I think it's really important for us when we say we want to be helpful is to really understand what our job is. And I think too often in sales we think our job is to get an order. And I think the job of a salesperson is to help the buyer quickly gather the information they need to make a good decision with the least investment of their time and resources possible. That's what they want to do. That's what they're trying, that's why they're in their, their buying process. That's what they're trying to accomplish. I mean, they trying to get something obviously gonna have a an ROI and a value for the investment. But the process of buying is is and there's been research on this, is just like buyers view the ability to make good decisions quickly a strategic competitive advantage in their business. So our job in sales is to help them achieve that. So, Go ahead. Yeah,
2: I I like that. I was thinking about um, you saying that our our job is to help them. It's a strategic advantage for them to be able to do that as quickly as possible. Right. And so it's recognizing this scarce commodity called time and just helping them move through it efficiently, effectively and as we talked about in a previous episode, to have fun.
1: Have fun. (laughs) Make it
2: enjoyable. Make it pleasant. Don't make it painful. Don't make it quick and painless.
1: Service painful. Service with a smile. Service with a smile. Have some fun. Well, and I believe that though. I mean, I think you're absolutely right on. Is is this? I think that was that was the motto for a a gas station. I think for when I was a kid. I think uh, one of the old time oil companies that no longer exists. Yeah, that was their TV commercials always service with a smile. And but. It is. I mean, if you can have fun with it as you're helping people, you mentioned that when we talked about fun a couple episodes ago. It's, it is contagious? You know, it is part Definitely. of the the personality that that you're you're starting to inspire this connection with the prospect. Absolutely. Okay, so E, either empathy or empath, be empathetic, empathetic.
2: Yeah, empathetic
1: or mm-hmm. empathic, as some people say. But mm. um, apparently, there's reasons to say one or the other and I don't know what they are. But uh, I'll say empathetic. And I, I this is this one I think is is really interesting because you know, as so we've become more I don't want to say automated. But yeah, you know, we've as we go through on our marketing side, we you know, we've developed our ideal customer profiles. We've developed personas around the various points of contact or stakeholders we're gonna have in the decision. Is that I've seen where salespeople sort of get confused. They think that they have empathy for the person just because they understand the persona. And as I like to say, we sell to people, not personas. Mm. And yeah, you know, we have to go out and engage with people and listen to them to really develop empathy for them. You know, it's not enough just to read a profile about them and say, oh yeah, I've got I can empathize with that. It's you have to go out and you have to engage and talk to them and listen to what they say to really demonstrate to them that you have empathy.
2: Right. Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't have much to add. I don't have much to exactly. add on well, that one. I think that's... Yeah, the, if you can't... Um, you have to be able to uncover, obviously, what's going on with them. And the best exactly. way to do that is the empathizing and really trying to step into their shoes and what that looks like and feels like.
1: Well, I think one of the keys for people to, to take away on this is, is and I forget where I heard this phrase, but and I loved it, so I've appropriated it <laughs> as my own, is, is that you have to learn how to listen slowly mm. to, as a key to developing empathy. Is that is that we have this built-in thing in our human nature with our confirmation bias to believe we know what people are sort of telling us before they tell it to us, right? Or mm-hmm. to, to take an answer and shape it to conform to our view of the world. And so we're sort of assuming to some degree, we, or thinking ahead, we know what the, the custom buyer's answer is going to be. And, and your point is, if we really want to understand what's going on with them, is we have to do what so I call listen slowly, which is we're not thinking ahead, we're actually listening and then pausing before we have any other thought you know, so we so we process it, and then oh yeah, now I begin to understand exactly what you're talking about, Mr. Prospect or Ms. Prospect, because I'm not trying to fit your answer into a, a niche, right? I'm actually listening to it.
2: I think that's hard for a lot of people. Oh yeah, we're in a we're in a sort of a time when we're so we're bombarded with things, phones and text messages and social media and we're just in an interrupt-driven society. It's really hard to just tune those out
1: well, and be the, fully present. Right. That's why I think absolutely. And so that's why I think this pause mm-hmm. is really important. I mean, if you add add a second, right, from the time yeah. the customer finishes their answer to your question, pause for a second before you start thinking about what you're going to ask them next. Yeah. And that starts building in a little bit of a buffer for you because a lot can mm-hmm. happen. We think very quickly. A lot can happen in a second. Mm-hmm. But also it it stops us from just defaulting immediately and jumping to that that next scripted question. Right. Gives, gives us a chance to connect. So think about this idea of listen, listening slowly. I love that. So the R is for responsive, being responsive. And I, as you know, responsiveness is huge, huge with me. And um yeah, I, that's funny. There's some pushback I've read recently from some quote unquote sales experts saying that, uh, you know, buyers don't want fast answers. They discount those because they think you haven't thought about it. And quite honestly, I think that's just flat out wrong. <laughs> and so I've never had. A hey, custom- <laughs> what
2: was it? The, they say they don't like fast
1: answers. Yeah, because they think you hadn't thought about it. You just responded and. And there's there's sort of this mythology that it's like the same people that say, well, you know, if you give a proposal to a customer today, you can't call them up tomorrow and ask, you know, follow up on it because they'll think that you hadn't, you know, given enough time for them to consider, you hadn't thought about, or maybe they, excuse me, maybe, excuse me, different, you maybe had done discovery and, you know, you got back to them too quickly with, you know, answers to questions you uncovered, discovery. I don't know. I, I just like sort of have to tune that part out. It's, it's, People don't have in their minds, you know, specific intervals. They're saying, well, you answered that too quickly, therefore you must not have thought about it. If if you're giving people well reasoned, specific answers to questions they have that that provide value to them and help them understand the challenges they face more completely, or you know, the decisions have to make, they want them faster. They're trying to make good decisions quickly. Right. Right. So the thing about being responsive is that. This is something you have complete and absolute control over as a salesperson. I mean, if you're selling a complex product, maybe you don't have all the right answers right at your fingertips. But we talked, uh, I, think, I think, an episode or so ago about, you know, as part of uh, being entrepreneurial, as part of the entrepreneurial mindset required in sales, that you need to, mm. if you don't have all the resources given to you, you have to go develop those resources within your company. Uh, you know, this is when this becomes really important. You know, if building those networks internally so that people support you and help you when when you have questions that need to be answered by for for customers. You know, if you haven't made that investment internally, then yeah, you're you're restricting your ability to be responsive. So I I never wanted to be in that situation. I always proactively went out and developed those networked uh, you know internally. So that if I needed a quick turnaround on something that I didn't know the answer to, I stood a good chance of getting it quickly.
2: Yeah, I always remember, Auntie, the you and I met. I was introduced to you because of your first book, mm-hmm. Zero Time Selling. I remember when the moment it was when it was. Gosh, I think my CEO maybe was he. Yes. did he have an early copy of it?
1: Yeah, he had written a blurb for it. Yes, and he
2: wrote a blurb for it, and. That's always stuck with me, just the importance of this responsiveness and how important that is in sales and what a big difference it makes. And uh, I think it it's it's timeless. I want i I look I want quick responses. I don't think the other person isn't doing their job. I want quick responses, <laughs> and I don't think our prospects are any different.
1: well, and I think that part of the sometimes you I read this one article within the last year about, why, quote-unquote, responsiveness was wrong, because salespeople, if they're trying to be responsive, they're going to grab for the quick answer rather than the right answer. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there may be some who do that, but I actually have more faith in salespeople, I guess, than most people, that they understand what the customer's really looking for. And if they've done a good job, is <laughs> they're going to make sure they get them The right answer, because if they give them the wrong, they give them the wrong answer, then or the incomplete answer, or you know the expedient answer, then they know that they're not, you know, they're going to go backwards with the customer, not move forwards. So, yeah, if you're listening and you hear people sort of push back, say responsiveness responsiveness is not important, yeah, they're just flat out wrong, and I could show you. Millions upon millions of dollars worth of orders that uh, that, uh, <laughs> that I won as uh, a
2: basis.
1: 100%. Being responsive. Right,
2: responsive. Boy, does that make a big difference.
1: Yeah, While, while my competitors were still sitting on their hands, mm-hmm. uh, I was winning the business. Alright, so the O, the last one, is being open-minded. And It sort of ties a little bit to what we were talking about before. Is you just can't assume anything, right? This whole idea with the personas, we assume we know exactly in the scripts, we exactly know exactly what the customer's answer is, therefore we ask this question. And it's like, you know, there's nothing wrong with scripts per se, but you got to know that when you ask a certain question to a customer, it's not going to be the same answer every time. You, know, you can't put it into that box. You need to be open-minded. Hear what they're really saying. Listen slowly, as we talked before, and treat every customer situation as as being unique as it is then you're going to hear more clearly what their challenges are, what their objectives are, how you can help them succeed, and increase your odds of winning the business.
2: And I think, Andy, open-minded is hard. We like to think we're open-minded. I like to think (laughs) I'm open-minded. But in reality, it's hard. It's hard. It takes a lot of deliberate uh, determination.
1: Well, the keyword is deliberate
2: yeah, you have to know because I know my go-to place is not to be open my go-to place is that my ideas are right I think and I don't think I'm that different than others um
1: absolutely. absolutely so I think
2: to be very deliberate about trying to see another viewpoint you have to be deliberate it 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 just takes some vigilance
1: exactly you couldn't have couldn't have said it better and. Yeah, I spoke about this in the start of my second book. <laughs> Amp up your sales, not not commercial time for my books, so you're welcome to buy them. Is that that was a good one too. Yeah, is that selling is a deliberate act. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I and I think this is you know, such an important thing for people to keep in mind. It's not it's not you know something you go through paint by numbers. No, this is this is a deliberate act. And so every motion, every thought every sales motion, every thought, every element of your playbook, yeah, it may be laid out, but this, you're make, taking a deliberate act. And so you have to be very, thoughtful, very about, thoughtful about why you're doing it, why you're taking it. And yes, we get pressured by time, we get in a hurry, but nonetheless, the more deliberate you can be about it, again, the more positive outcomes you're going to get from your sales. Because your competitors aren't being that way. That's yeah. right. I mean, so much we talked about here today and in previous episodes and general in the show is you know, we want you to be the best you can be because yeah, you know, it gives you a competitive advantage because oftentimes your competitors are not.
2: And and in sales, it's you don't always have to be the best. You just have to be better <laughs> just better than the others. <laughs> that's right. So take every competitive advantage you can get.
1: Well, and that's that is absolutely true because again, you know I mentioned my buddy Herbert Simon. Researcher, Nobel Prize winner, back in the '50s, '60s, early '70s, mm-hmm. who, yeah, you know, found that you know people are, by and large, are looking to make good enough decisions, mm-hmm. not the best decisions, and yeah, if you can stand out in helping the customer get to the point where they said, yeah, this is this is good enough for us, this will work, this will help us achieve what we need to achieve, you'll be the win, the one that wins.
2: You'll be the one. That's right. That's all you need.
1: All right. So. Be a hero. Helpful. Be a hero. I like it. Responsive. Open-minded. There's your sales values for you. Bridget. Andy. It's been fun, as always. As always. Until next time. Until next time. And, friends, next Friday, that will be, for those of you keeping track. So, friends, thank you for spending this time with us again, and we'll look forward to being with you next week. Talk
2: then.